Hello, my friends. This is Nikki. Welcome to episode 31 of Learning About the Lord. Today we will see Jesus' first miracle at the wedding feast in Cana at the request of his mother, the Virgin Mary. We begin at Peter's house in Capernaum, where Judah has arrived looking for Jesus. He enters Peter's house and he speaks to Jesus. And uh, before I continue, I should say that we are reading from the Poem of the Man-God, Volume 1, Maria Valtorta. Judah says, Your mother sends me. She says Susanna is getting married tomorrow. Please come to the wedding. Mary will be there, and also my mother and brothers. All the relatives have been invited. You would be the only one absent, and they ask you to come and make the young couple happy. Don't forget that Judah, James, Simon, and Joseph are brothers, and they are the cousins of Jesus. They are the sons of Joseph's brother, Alphaeus. Jesus bows lightly, stretching out his arms, and he says, A wish of my mother is a law for me. And then, more privately, he speaks with Judah, and Judah says, I wanted to tell you, Jesus, be careful. You have a mother, she has but you. You want to be a rabbi, different from the others, and you know better than I do that the powerful classes do not allow anything which may differ from the customary laws they have laid down. I know your way of thinking. It is a holy one. But the world is not holy, and it oppresses saints, Jesus. You know the fate of your cousin, the Baptist. He is in jail, and if he is not yet dead, it is because that evil tetrarch is afraid of the crowds and of the wrath of God. As evil and superstitious, as cruel and lustful, you, what are you going to do? To what fate are you going to expose yourself? And Jesus answers him, his cousin, and he says to Judas, Judah, you are so familiar with my way of thinking, and that is what you ask me? Are you speaking on your own initiative? No, don't lie. You have been sent, certainly not by my mother, to tell me such things. Judah lowers his head and then says, My father and Joseph and Simon with him, you know for your sake, because they are fond of you and Mary. Do not look favorable on what you intend doing, and, and they would like you to think of your mother. And he says, Judas, my mother is the only one who, according to the way of the thinking of the world, should be entitled to recall me to my duty, to my duty as a son, that is, to my duty to work for her and provide for her material needs, to my duty to assist and comfort her with my presence. But she does not ask for any of these things. Since she had me, she knew she would lose me, to find me once again in a much wider manner than the small family circle and since then she has prepared herself for that. Her unreserved, voluntary donation of herself to God is nothing new. Her mother offered her in the temple before she even smiled at life, and, as she told me the innumerable times she spoke to me of her holy childhood, holding me close to her heart in the long winter evenings or in the clear starry summer nights, she gave herself to God since the dawn of her life in this world, and she gave herself even more when she had me, that she might be where I am, 
fulfilling the mission given to me by God. Everybody will abandon me at a certain moment, perhaps only for a few minutes, but everyone will be overcome by cowardice, and you will think that it would have been better for your own safety if you had never known me. But she, who understood and knows, she will always be with me, and you will become mine once again through her. With the power of her unshaken, loving faith, she will draw you to herself and will thus bring you to me, because I am in my mother, and she is in me, and we are in God. I would like you all to understand that, both you who are my relatives according to the world, and you, friends and children, in a supernatural way. Neither you nor anyone else know who my mother is, but if you knew, you would not criticize her in your hearts, stating she is not capable of keeping me subject to her. But you would venerate her as the closest friend of God, the mighty woman who can obtain all graces from the heart of the Eternal Father and from her beloved Son. I will certainly come to Cana. I want to make her happy. You will understand better after the wedding. Jesus is majestic and persuasive. Now we are at the wedding feast at Cana. Jesus has arrived with his apostles, and he's sitting at the dais with Mary. Mary notices that the servants are talking in low voices to the steward, who looks very embarrassed, and she understands what the cause of the unpleasant situation is. Son, she whispers in a low voice, thus drawing Jesus' attention. Son, they have no more wine. Woman, Jesus says, what is there still between me and you? Jesus, when saying these words, smiles even more gently, and Mary smiles too, like two people aware of some truth which is their joyful secret and is ignored by everyone else. Now Jesus is speaking directly to us, and he says, That still, which is omitted by many translators, is the key word of the sentence and explains its true meaning. I was the son, submissive to my mother, up to the moment when the will of my father told me that the hour had come when I was to be the master. From the moment my mission started, I was no longer the son submissive to my mother, but I was the servant of God. My moral ties with my mother were broken. They had turned into higher bonds, all of a spiritual nature. I always called Mary my holy mother. Our love suffered no interruptions, neither did it even cool down, nay, it was never so perfect as when I was separated from her as by a second birth, and she gave me to the world and for the world as the Messiah and Evangelizer. Her third sublime mystical maternity took place when she bore me to the cross in the torture of Golgotha and made me the Redeemer of the world. What is there still between me and you? Before I was yours, only yours, you gave me orders and I obeyed you. I was subject to you. Now I belong to my mission. Did I not say, he who lays his hand on the plough and looks back to bid farewell to those who are staying is not fit for the kingdom of God? I had laid my hand on the plough not to cut the ground with the ploughshare, 
but to open the hearts of men, and so there the word of God. I was to take my hand away from the plough only when they would tear it away to nail it to the cross, and to open with my torturing nail my Father's heart, out of which forgiveness for mankind was to flow. That still, forgotten by most, meant this. You were everything for me, Mother, as long as I was only Jesus of Mary of Nazareth, and you are everything in my spirit. But since I became the expected Messiah, I belong to my Father. Wait for a little while, and once my mission is over, I will be once again entirely yours. You will hold me once again in your arms, as when I was a little child, and no one will ever again contend with you for your Son, considered as the disgrace of mankind, who will throw his mortal remains at you, to bring on you the shame of being the mother of a criminal. And afterwards you will have me once again, triumphant, and finally you will have me forever when you are triumphant in heaven. But now I belong to all these men, and I belong to the Father who sent me to them. That is the sense of the short but so full of meaning still. Mary says to the servants, Do what he will tell you. In the smiling eyes of her son, Mary has read consent, veiled by the great teaching to all those who are called. And Jesus says to the servants, Fill the jars with water. I see the servants filling the jars with water, brought from the well, Mary Valtortas continuing, with her visions. I see the steward pour out some of the liquid with astonished eyes, then taste it with gestures of even greater astonishment, relish it, and speak to the landlord and the groom. Mary looks at her son once again and smiles. Then, having received a smile from him, she bows her head, blushing slightly. She's happy. A murmur spreads through the hall. They all turn their heads towards Jesus and Mary. Some stand up to get a better view. Some go near the jars. Then a moment's silence, which is immediately broken by an outburst of praises for Jesus. He stands up and simply says, Thank Mary, and withdraws from the banquet. His disciples follow him. On the threshold, he repeats, May peace be in this house and God's blessing on you. And he adds, Goodbye, Mother. Now Jesus is speaking directly to us again. He says, When I said to the disciples, Let us go and make my mother happy, I had given the sentence a deeper meaning than it seemed. I did not mean the happiness of seeing me but the joy of being the initiatress of my miraculous activity and the first benefactress of mankind. Always remember that my first miracle happened because of Mary, the very first one. It is a symbol that Mary is the key to miracles. I never refuse my mother anything, and because of her prayer I bring forward also the time of grace. I know my mother, the second in goodness after God. I know that to grant you a grace is to make her happy, because she is all love. That is why I said, knowing her, let us go and make her happy. Besides, I wanted to make her power known to the world 
together with mine. Since she was destined to be joined to me in the flesh, it was fair she should be joined to me in the power that is shown to the world. Because we were one flesh, I in her, she around me, like the petals of a lily around its scented lively pistil. And she was united to me in sorrow, because we were both on the cross, I with my body, she with her soul. I say to you what I said to the guests, Thank Mary, it is through her that you had me with you, the master of the miracle, and you have my graces, particularly those of forgiveness. So you can see here the deeply unified relationship between the Holy Virgin Mary and the Lord. Mary brought Jesus to us, first through her prayers to God to send the Messiah, second by giving birth to him, third by giving him his freedom to go out into the world and fulfill his mission as the Messiah. Mary brought Jesus to us as the maker of miracles in his desire to make his mother happy she requested a miracle from him, not for herself, never for herself, only as an act of charity towards others. And Jesus loves to make his mother happy because she is all love. So Jesus' first miracle was initiated by the love of the Holy Virgin Mary. And Jesus wants it known to us that should we, we need help in our lives, should we need to make requests of the Lord, we can depend on the Virgin Mary as our intercessor. We can ask her as our advocate, please, Mother, help us bring our needs to your Son. And when Mary brings our needs to Jesus, Jesus never says no to his Mother. Out of love for her, he grants her request to answer our prayers. So I ask you all, don't forget to say thank you to the Holy Virgin Mary for everything she is and everything she has done, is doing, and will do for us. And to see the tremendous unification between Mary and Jesus. Isn't it wonderful that we have even more love taking care of us in heaven? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Virgin Mary. Thank you for joining me today. Go with God.